1: you're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.
2: A little spin in here. Let me pull it up on for our Facebook friends as well. The wheels are on. spinning in here somewhere. <laughs> They, uh, they're grinding in this head over here. Yeah, the exactly. I wouldn't still... say spinning. <laughs> it's like uh, we got a spare on right now, but it uh, looks like we're all good to go. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Broncos for Breakfast, uh, 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock Mountain Time, 7 o'clock my time. Appreciate everyone joining in every Tuesday and Thursday. We're going to be here. You guys can find us on Twitter, myself, Nick Kendall, at Nick Kendall MHH, and my co-host, is Becoming becoming good friend Scott Kennedy at Scout Kennedy how you doing today Scott I'm doing good I'm doing good it's a
3: little, little noisy around my house they're doing some tree work in here in this uppity neighborhood I live in they don't let you have motorcycles yet everybody here has a leaf blower going twice a day I'm like it sounds like a motocross track here but you can't have motorcycles in the neighborhood it's it's really bothersome
2: <laughs> time to start a petition that's uh yeah, breakfast yeah. For breakfast. You got, and then you what have... happens
3: when they go electric you know you someone some kid got in trouble for having an electric scooter I'm like are you kidding me
2: you have so, a platform here, otherwise
3: things guys. are things are good. Looking forward to, uh, you know, I didn't watch the three hour schedule release yesterday. You know, instead I watched it for twelve hours as it was leaking out during <laughs> <Yeah>. the day.
2: <laughs> uh, I I mean it's cool that the schedule's released a big thing, and uh, I really really enjoyed the uh, the Peyton Manning um, summer intern bit that the Broncos did. Everybody out there who's like, oh, Peyton Manning's a cold. That dude's a Bronco. I don't care. Like, he, in his heart, he's a Bronco. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, man, it's, uh, I, I feel like I can't get as hyped for the schedule being released with how it's kind of, like, just slowly released, but it's still fun to go through it after it's all released, right? Like, the, the pageantry of it, I, I don't need that. The schedule yeah. being out, excited about that.
3: It's a 17-week schedule. I mean, I mean, it's an 18-week <laughs> schedule, but 17 games, it's hard to get too up and down about any one thing when it can change so yeah. dramatically with the parity in the yeah. league you know the team that was 4 and 12 last year could be you know 11 and 5 this year um so you just you don't know i mean and yeah there <laughs> there's some interesting things that that I want to look forward to and that's one of the things that we can talk about i want to go through the broncos schedule i want to go through some predictions i already went through mine i already have a win loss here uh yeah. by week and then, uh, you know, look, take a look around the AFC West, because I think there's some really interesting things going on around the AFC West. And then some matchups that you might want might to wanna look at, look forward to early on. And I want to hear from everybody else, too. You know, what are you looking forward to? Because, you know, everybody plays fantasy football. You're all looking around the rest of the league. And then yeah. uh, let's talk a little John Kuhn, um, Aaron Rodgers comments, obviously. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't hit that. And then put in your questions in there. We'll let the, we'll let the chat yeah. dictate a little bit of what we want to talk about here t- this morning, too.
2: Absolutely, the draft is still percolating. There's still stuff to talk about there, roster building, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So let's get into it. Um, we got follow us at Huddle Up Pod. Follow us also at Mile High Huddle. And guys, if you are enjoying the content that's coming down the wire here, uh, go check out Scott's YouTube page. It's he's not just here on uh, Mile High Huddle. He also has his own YouTube page, dropping down a bunch of good content there. Um, former draft prospects, you can look and see what he said before the draft. Just so there's no hindsight bias there, right? It's the, it's that moment. It's his opinion. So, yeah, he, uh, he, he was a Kyle Pitts didn't love him at four. But uh, you can go see what he said about cow before the draft. Now he's the biggest cow in the world. He's got that number eight tattoo on the shoulder. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, follow Scott on YouTube. Also, I'm going to drop his uh, his sub in the chat for everybody to follow as well.
1: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out in the town or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500 or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time
3: to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring.
1: Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen.
4: From our Gold Series Soybean and Game Changing Corn Portfolios, To our expert insights, housed in the Illuminate digital agronomy platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you.
2: This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. And before we really get going, I also want to say hello to all the beautiful people joining us this morning. We've got Cam Wertz saying hello, everybody. Good morning, Broncos country. Sebastian coming in here. Good morning, Broncos country. Jason O'Neill on the mend with that, with that arm injury, a mile high five. Oh, careful, Jason. you got that arm injury. You can't be mile high five and too hard. Uh, Broncos country. Hope everyone is well. Um, We got Brent Weber coming in here. Good morning, everyone. JD saying Salt Lake City into house. You ever been to Salt Lake City? Scott, I have not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Urban
3: Meyer. I, I the first time I went skiing was when I was 30 years old and I went up to Park City. So I went through there. And Urban Meyer was coming out of Utah, and they're like, well, he he's going to look for a bigger job. I'm like, I don't know. You pay me a million and a half to live in Salt Lake City where I can get up to those mountains all the time. I,
2: I'm I'm going to be a Ute. <laughs> yeah, Ch- Chad I lives love, in beautiful I country. love Salt Lake. I need to get there. I got a buddy who is a, a pharmacist out there. So hopefully at some point. Cam Ward saying, what's up, everybody? Piano player. Hello from Munich. Hello, uh, Guten Tag uh, over here. Uh, and we also got uh, oh, Swing McLeod saying, it sounds like his homeowner's association. Yeah, this that's annoying. I've I'm renting. I'm there wrenching. are Every- a
3: few things more petty in life than an HOA. <laughs> there's there's just there's too many people with not enough to do. And boy, it, it, hopefully hopefully y'all have never had a bad one. Mine's not bad. They just have have rules that I don't particularly agree with. But they're not they're not overly picky.
2: And we got Albert Knoppers coming in another across the pond over in the Netherlands. Stephen Barr saying uh, good morning or go Broncos for breakfast. Good morning from Scotland. Hit those thumbs up, man. We're All loving. Right. All these Ireland, Ireland, European people. Uh, We have, there's some Ireland people in here too. Also, um, we got some Israel in the house, everything here. Um, We got Dom coming in saying, good morning to Nick and Scott. Uh, Thanks for this awesome podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. Listen to you while I'm at work. Thanks, buddy. Broncos for life. Like it up. Well, thanks, Dom. That means a lot. Um, That's, uh, I'm glad I can, my, I can annoy somebody else besides my wife um, for, for some hours of the day. Uh, she appreciates that, too. Raymond in the house saying good morning from Gainesville, Florida. Malcolm, one of my favorites in the house. Hello from Ogden, Kansas, home of the Wildcats and my wild grandchildren. And uh, oh, we got Malcolm coming back in here with the Super. Which team will fall the farthest this year? I also want to say hello real quick to Anne. Um, good morning, Nick and Scott. love Anne. Ann always brings great content. Good comments. And Ophir nailed it. Remembered the name. Hello yep. from the Codic. K- Kata- uh, hello from the chaotic people here in the middle east hashtag state of being so yeah
3: we wish everybody you. to be safe but oh fear for sure be, be safe be safe out there. Yeah. i know middle east is a big place but still be safe
2: out there yeah man every day <laughs> take care of yourself um but malcolm coming in here taking care of the the grandchildren out there in kansas uh malcolm you have to let us know when you're heading back up to uh back up to alaska i think he's in homer alaska but don't, don't quote me on that uh which team will fall the furthest this year from malcolm brown so uh this isn't just a schedule question. Obviously, the schedule does matter, but uh, a team that has lost a good bit from this past season uh, to this season. So, do you have any off the top of your head, Scott? I think the Falcons are one of the teams that could bounce back the most. Well, uh, just- we'll
3: see. Uh, you know, their defense is still still needs a, a lot of work, and we'll see yeah. what the team does with the offensive line. <clears throat> but the the team that could fall the furthest. I, I was looking through the twenty twenty schedule because the strength of schedule isn't what you you know, just because someone was good last year, there's certain circumstances. Yeah. Like I said, like we said last week, give me a data point And then let me, let me go and find why. Uh, and, and a data point that I thought was extremely interesting was the Cleveland Browns last mm. year were 11 and five with a minus 11 point differential. 11 and five with a minus 11 point differential. Now, for comparison's sake, the Atlanta Falcons were 4 and 12 with a minus 18. So, you've got some good fortune going your way. You know, either that or you play you won your close games, you got blown out in your losses. But if you're 11 and 5 with a negative point differential, some things really went your way. Does yeah. that balance out in the next year? Um, so, you know, I would watch plus it's it's Cleveland. You know, you, you can never you can never bank on a, a Cleveland franchise. To, uh, to do what they're supposed to do. So I, I'd, I'd keep an eye out for the Browns. They're, they're doing things the right way. But Cleveland's cursed. I was born there. I know. <laughs> I can say this. Um, but in a minus 11 point differential on an 11-5 team with a strength of schedule that's going to take a, nick, uh, a a tick up playing in that division. Watch out for the Browns.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good one. I just think this Browns roster is so talented. Mm -hmm. Um, Second year in that uh, Stefanski scheme. um, I do think they are a team that is just because of what you said. I don't know if they're going to take steps forward record wise, but I could see them normalizing a little bit. It's kind of like Justin Herbert last year had like astronomical crazy numbers under pressure. But historically, we know that the numbers under pressure from a quarterback fluctuate greatly year to year. It's just not a sustainable statistic. Uh, When you see one guy do it one good year and you can't be like, oh, he's great under pressure. It, it tends to regress. And, so and, um and Nick and other team, you know, what are the the
3: Packers were 13 and 3 last year. They're team turmoil right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're they could they could be a team that falls off a cliff depending yeah. on how things fall, no pun intended, uh, how things fall over the next couple of weeks, you know, going into the going into the season. So, yeah. you know, the, the MVP is unhappy. That's not yeah. good for a 13 and 3 record.
2: Man, I can't believe nobody has said this in the comments yet. We got uh, Jason saying, uh, "Morning, the Titans and Saints over on YouTube." Oh, guys! Also, if you are joining us on YouTube today, make sure you subscribe, like, and share. No, just check out Scott's channel and subscribe, like, and share his. Uh, subscribe, like, and share a Mile High Huddle as well. If you're liking these shows, keep the lights on in here for us. Uh, my team, which I felt like was the probably the most obvious one, is the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they are a team that they are were in cap trouble this year. They really did not add very much to this team in free agency. And then they went out in the draft and brought in Najee Harris, which is a good year one play, like bringing in Najee Harris is a good year one play, but like, you know, last year, James Conner wasn't terrible. The issue was he was running his head against a brick wall. They're obviously feeling the effect of losing Mike Munchak for that offensive line. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger looks like what we would have seen in 2016 Peyton Manning, right? Like it just fallen off a cliff Um, that defense last year, I would expect them to regress. They didn't add more depth. Everybody's a year older, lost Bud Dupree. I think the Steelers team, I mean, Mike Tomlin, one of the top three coaches in the NFL. If anybody can maximize what they have there, it's Mike Tomlin, but the Browns are good. The Ravens are good. The Bengals are improving. That Steelers team is getting old quick. I I think that Steelers team is going to be one that uh, is going to have a hard time this year.
3: I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but it feels like their floor is like seven and nine, like where under Tomlin, you know, seven and 10. Yeah. Seven and 10, but I'm speaking of the past. So I mean, in, in, in reverse. So yeah. What's the farthest they've fallen under Tomlin? What's the worst year they've had under, under Mike Tomlin? Is there an anomaly in mm-hmm. there where they had a three and 13 or four and 12? It never seems like they fall that far. So, you know, I will say yeah, though, that's, that's from like 13 and three to seven and 10, you know, that's a, that's a
2: significant drop. I will say though, that's kind of like Bill Belichick in my mind where everybody's like, Oh, but the, the Patriots been so good, blah, blah, blah. Well, you lose your hall of fame quarterback. And uh, things change and Ben Roethlisberger, for all intents and purposes, the Hall of Fame quarterback, he might as well not be there right now with how he looks right now. So I could see that team. I really think they have a chance to fall off another team that really lost a lot this year. And uh, this one might speak to you as well. I think the Titans are a team um, that could uh, have a fall off. Um, the a- AFC South is nothing to write home about. It might be the worst division in football this year, um, but they lost a lot of pieces. And they lost their offensive coordinator who was doing a lot of good things with Brian Tannehill, Derek Henry, uh, the tight ends, et cetera, et cetera. Lost Johnu Smith. Um, they're they're going to be depending on Christian Fulton and question mark at cornerback. They signed, uh, They drafted Elijah Molden and Caleb Farley, who I love, but uh, both those guys, I wouldn't expect incredible 2021 impact. Uh, so those are teams that I am. Uh, those are two teams that I think can regress a lot. And a lot of people in here also saying uh the Saints, that makes a lot of sense as well. You're talking about, uh, I mean, a lot of these teams' records, and we've said it all off season. I've said it all offseason. It's, your team's success is greatly dependent on the quarterback position, probably like 33% of your team's success. That's cra- a crazy amount. It's like uh, if you had a starting pitcher, but you only started one every week. Like, you only played a baseball game every week, so you only could play one starting pitcher, and then with the full nine innings. Like, that's how valuable a quarterback is. Um, and uh, the Saints right now, we don't know what we have with Jameis Winston. We don't know what we have with Taysom Hill. So I think that's a team. And the AFC South? Is freaking good. So, uh, that's a team. I'm I think the Saints could be in a world of hurt this year.
3: Yeah, we'll see. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm afraid to jinx it. You know, yeah. I used to, I, <laughs> when I was doing fantasy football, I am a jinx, so I would draft Saints. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm just gonna curse them, I'm gonna curse the Saints. So, um, and, and I'm still not, I'm still not sold on on the NFC South completely. Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay was not a great team during, during the season. So if you can. At worst, get a split with the with the the Bucks, a split with the Falcons, sweep sweep the Panthers. You know you're four and two right there. So yeah. um, and then and then see how things shake out. Uh, you know, but Taysom Hill, what do you what do you have there besides a lot of money? They put a lot of money there, so they must feel um, pretty man. good about it. And Sean Payton has done a good job with quarterbacks. We, we talked about bringing in Teddy Bridgewater. I think he was five and zero as a starter. You yeah, know, that's that's a, an impressive system. I've said it before I, in, in the quarterback position, the system and the coach are a lot of times more important than the quarterback himself. Assuming you've got a, a quarterback that can play a lick. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying you can just plug anybody in there, but these are NFL players and NFL yeah. veterans. And he's got some time in that system, bring something a little different, but he, he's not going to be true breeze. True Brees is a hall of famer. Um, so, so yeah. we'll see, um, we, we will see how that, that shakes out. Um, but good question, Malcolm appreciate the, the super and, and spending a few minutes talking about that. Cause, um, there's a it's gonna be somebody. Somebody always yeah. falls hard, right?
2: Yep. And uh you see teams they can fluctuate greatly. Like you had the 49ers uh go from one of the worst teams in the NFL, picking top two, I guess, Nick Bosa, the Super Bowl the next year. And this past year, the wheels fall off again. And uh they end up picking three, but they earned the twelfth pick. So uh let's say hello to some more people in here coming in on Facebook. JR Whitehead, how you doing, JR? Good morning to you, Jamal Killings, one of my favorite, uh, good morning, Broncos Country Mile High salute. Hi, uh, salute to you as well. Facebook user. I don't know who you are, but I love you. He says, don't forget to smash that like button. So uh, we got 12 right now. That's a Tom Brady number. It's an Aaron Rodgers no- Rogers number two, but it's a, right now I always see 12 as a Brady number. So let's get that up there. Um, morning from Houston says Vic. Um, Peter Middleton coming in over from Turkey. Good morning, Mohammed, my guy, Mohammed Badri coming in and saying, good morning. How you doing, Mohammed? Good to see you in here. Kareem Gomez. Another one of my guys out in North Carolina uh, bought my tickets to Jacksonville game last night. Can't wait. Kareem. Brother, you got another ticket? I'm coming down. No, that's <laughs> that'll be fun, man. I Broncos have it. We should definitely get into the Broncos schedule here. We got Richie Rich coming in here. Nick Scott, super glad the show is sticking around at work. But it's my birthday today. Go Broncos! Everybody in the chat, uh, wish Richie Rich a happy birthday. He definitely deserves it. Works hard and always a uh, a big fan as well. So make sure you guys reach out and wish him a happy birthday. So I think it's time to say hello, or it's time to kind of go through the Broncos schedule as well. Obviously we're kind of taking a, you covering the Falcons, I covering the Broncos. This is building the Broncos. We're going to talk Broncos in here, but um, Glenn coming in from uh, Melbourne, Australia as well, saying is good morning. It already?
3: And, is it, yeah, I always get confused when we start talking international datelines.
2: Yeah. It's uh it is tomorrow. Oh, we got the birthdays coming in right now. There we go, man. Great good job, guys. Call out action. And we got Talvin saying he bought his tickets to the Giants game last night. I know somebody else who bought Giants tickets as well. So that'll be fun. Um and good time, I guess, to talk some uh, some Broncos. So opening up at the New York Giants. It is a uh two twenty five mountain time uh schedule there. So it would be one twenty five my time. I I'm so stuck on central time from growing up that all the times don't still don't make sense football wise for me. But uh, that's fine. I mean, watching my Iowa Hawkeyes kick off at 9 a.m. is a it's almost a religious experience. Like it's almost like (laughs) coffee in hand, maybe something a little harder and uh, having a good time.
3: When I lived out in L.A., I called that West Coast Church. Yeah, Sunday mornings, you go into the bar, you're uh, you're having you're having breakfast and, and watching and watching football West Coast Church.
2: Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, so the Broncos opening up at the Giants, that's a game where they definitely could win. Um, it's a revenge game, right? Pat Shermer going up against his former team. But I think the real storyline is uh, Drew Locke versus Daniel Jones. Uh, and I've seen some discourse <clears throat> pretty recently about uh, Battle of Two Busts. I do think it's important to talk about Drew Locke and Daniel Jones' context of draft slot. Drew yeah, Locke but- went 42nd overall. He's not a bust. Like, you, you're you comparing him to, like, guys like uh, – Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, Brian Brom, Deshaun Kaiser, uh, Pat White—you know, like second-round quarterbacks—good luck. You don't. You're not. It's a scratcher ticket for being a quality starter. Drew Luck at 42, not a bust. Franchise quarterback to be determined. Yeah, Daniel Jones think at six overall
3: in ten. You know, even out of, like if Mac Jones doesn't succeed, well, you got him at 15. You know, that's yeah. that's okay. You know, you 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 probably could have done better with that pick if he doesn't succeed. But it's to me. When you're drafting a quarterback in the top 10, he needs to be a franchise guy. And if he's not, then we can start using the B word. But, you know, I wouldn't use that for Drew Locke. What were your expectations? He's a second round guy. What what were your legitimate expectations for him? That he's going to come in and be a pro bowler? Maybe,
2: maybe not. You know, so no, yeah. that's not a battle of two busts. Yeah, no. And uh, in the last decade, there have only been uh, four quarterbacks, I would say, of quality that have uh, gone on to become franchise quarterbacks drafted outside the first round. You got Russell Wilson. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins and uh, Derek Carr. So you're, you know, you're going uphill. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard ask for a second round quarterback. If anything, Drew Locke has had decent uh, return value for a day two pick at quarterback. And do we, doesn't mean do he's a call, franchise.
3: Do we call Kirk Cousins <clears throat> a franchise quarterback?
2: Just I would. Seems, he just screams journeyman to me, but
3: I guess that's what happens. when You get traded once. Then it's real easy to keep moving around a lot that, you know, is he a multi-time pro bowler? I don't, I, I haven't, he doesn't strike me as that, but he might be. He might be one of those sneaky
2: guys. He was really good last year. I have uh, some buddies who are Viking fans, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a hard time with him. But uh, if you watch the Vikings last year, Kirk Cousins is not the problem. I think he had one of the highest EPAs per play, uh, hitting the ball down the field pretty good in that uh, Kubiak West Coast offense. Handing off the Dalvin Cook doesn't hurt, and uh, Justin Jefferson doesn't hurt. But uh, last year, the Vikings issue was their uh, their defensive line. They couldn't, you know, They couldn't stop a nosebleed. Let alone a rushing <laughs> attack, so um, that's uh. I think they I think their Cousins tricky, is underrated.
3: They can be tricky, especially you know living up high yeah. in that dry air in the mountains.
2: Yeah, so that's I'm true. Going. <laughs> but uh, so at the Giants, I think this is a sneaky game. I think the Giants will be favored uh, just because of the Giants being at home. They got a good defense. Um, they have an okay set of weapons, but uh, this is a game I think the Broncos definitely could win.
3: I. Road game, first game of the year. Uh, I penciled it in as a loss. I'm ultimately conser- very conservative, um, and and if you switch them, you know it's it's a 45 game to me, and I mean by um, you know percentages, not points, even though that's kind of where the point tallies seem to be going these days. Um, that I think it's tough. Road game going on, uh, you know, it, it's a uh, first game of the season on the road across the country. Mm-hmm that uh, i penciled that one in as an l but it's but i also put in my next column i put s next to it that's a swing game that's a that's one that could go yeah. either way for me
2: <clears throat> yeah no that's a that'll be a fun one uh i'm excited this giants team they're kind of they're sneaky good uh especially on defense they invested a a lot in that secondary um so i i'm excited to see what they can do this year i think they are a lot of it'll come down to how good joe judges and uh, daniel jones because <laughs> quarterback and head coach, right? is what it is. But uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. And then the Broncos get an interesting game um, at Jacksonville. Uh, obviously, this is a team. Broncos get, I would say, decently lucky here to get, let's just back-to-back, at Jacksonville, and then also um, coming home to play the Jets. So the number one and the number two overall pick early in the season against a Vic Fangio defense? Got to be dubs. I mean...
3: got to be. They, they got to be dubs. Um, at Jacksonville, and by the way, Jacksonville is about... Five hours from my house, so uh, that's that's certainly driving range. Especially when you're talking about the Atlanta Airport, I draw yeah. a four hour circle around the Atlanta Airport, and if you're within four hours, it's faster to drive than to fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, whoever wants to come down, well, uh, you, you can come stay with me. Um, but uh, it penciled those in as dubs. I mean, we don't know what we're going to get with Urban Meyer. Uh, you know, how, how is his game going to translate? He's a good, he's a good coach. You know, he knows, he you know, he, he knows his weakness. He gets good people in the right places. Um, but, you know, Tim Tebow is going to be starting a quarterback that day. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but that one's got to be a dub. The Jets at home coming in, that's got to be a dub. So uh, I got two and one after the first three. Uh, Those two have to be dubs for sure.
1: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500 or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade.
0: Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers. And engineer your future at Deloitte. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates.
2: Yeah, we got Facebook user coming in here. What a what an interesting name. Um, guys, how many games do you get? I think that means up? you're not logged in or something. I, I think it does too. Or they yeah. have their privacy settings put on where it doesn't like transfer over. But either way, um, Facebook user, you know who you are because you see the comment here. So we appreciate you with the good content coming in here and helping uh, guide, the, uh, guide the discussion here. And uh, obviously, we appreciate supers. Uh, we'll always get to supers, but you don't have to do that for us to get to your comments, guys. That's that's for sure. If you can't do that, though, then uh, please like and subscribe our channel and also do the same for Scott. But, uh, but Drew Locke, how many games do you give him to show he has improved before pulling the plug? Um, well, Facebook user, I think this is an interesting question. Um, if I, I don't think it's a guarantee that they give Drew Locke any games. They're going to have a camp battle. It's 50-50. And if Drew Locke is turning the ball over like crazy, they're going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater was brought in not only to raise the floor of the room, but at some coach's request, this team is really emphasizing not giving the ball away this year. They cannot win football. The, the offense, simply put, is not good enough to give the f- football away like it did and win football games. They're not scoring enough points. They're not electric enough to turn the ball over like they do um, and uh, win football games. So if Drew Lock is throwing the ball away to this good back seven or good defensive backs in training camp, how many games is Drew Lock going to get? None. But I think if it's close. If it's close, they're going to give the nod to Drew Locke. It's just if if Drew Locke is not improved, still struggling, getting off his first read, et cetera, et cetera, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater.
3: And that's – I agree with you, Nick. That's what I was going to say is you're not bringing in a rookie that you're grooming behind him, that where the clock's ticking on Drew Locke. You know, where the the guy in waiting, you want to be the starter? No, no. Uh, You you brought in a veteran as insurance, as an insurance policy, in case Drew Locke isn't getting it done. And that's going to be decided early. That's going to be decided real early. So – Um, to, to echo what Nick just said, uh, he's not going to be given anything. He's going to have to earn it. And if he doesn't earn it, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the quarterback.
2: Yeah. And, uh, it's, I see this people like saying, well, Teddy Bridgewater, 11 interceptions last year, he's not really a safe quarterback, but in context of your current quarterback who led the NFL in turnovers per play, you know, that's any improvement. There is an improvement. And, uh, this team is identity. This team's identity is good weapons, um, but a hardcore our two two-headed monster running back group and defense, and in order to win football games like that, you, you simply can't turn the ball over. You ju- you just can't do it.
3: And the, and the Panthers fired their coach for a reason. They weren't a good team, and it it wasn't all on the quarterback. You know, I, I Cam Cam Newton elevated that team for a long time, yeah, and, and papered over some cracks. And when he was gone, when you lost, you know, the guy whose nickname is Superman, you know, I mean, the, yeah. it, it made a difference. Uh, when he started not playing as well, the cracks in that team started to appear. And, uh, they, they, the Panthers aren't, they're not very good. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to judge Teddy on, on what he did with, uh, I'm more impressed with what he did with the saints stepping in early and going five and zero, and, and, and handle and taking care of business. And every year he should be getting a little bit stronger. Um, you know, coming off that injury every it's a, even mentally, it should go behind you a little bit more and more. So, um,
2: again, nothing's going to be given to drew lock. He's going to have to earn it. Yeah. Yep. No, that's a, uh, we got Peter coming in here over in Turkey. The management trusts Teddy. The locker room likes Locke. A lot of the locker room likes Locke. It's not. It's not a for everybody. Um, I will say that. Uh, it seems to point to Teddy. I mean, we're gonna find out, right? Like we we're trying to predict, prognosticate what's gonna happen, but the, you still have training camp, uh, preseason, et cetera, et cetera. This is gonna play out. We're gonna have more information, data points to make a more informed decision on. So uh, let's let's not uh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. And also, there's still that looming cloud that is Aaron Rodgers. So. Uh, we will see what happens. Oh. And I do agree. Um, <laughs> who? AR12. Um, <laughs> Ophir saying that Drew Locke does not equal Paxton Lynch um, in both talent and attitude. Locke has the work ethic. Yeah, and Locke's, Locke's not out there playing or skipping. First, last one in, first one out kind of guy uh, going out playing Fortnite or whatnot. He's working hard. It's just, uh, you know, Tim Tebow worked really hard. Sometimes it just doesn't translate. And uh, I'm sorry. I know this is a narrative, and this is going to be me being the old crotchety old man, get off my lawn. I, it's a... It's not a bad thing that Drew Locke is working with Peyton Manning this offseason, but I just get so. I'm, I guess I'm a curmudgeon. These offseason tropes, the, every single year, this guy's the strongest he's ever been. Oh, the second year in the scheme, he's going to take off. How often does that actually lead to anything? I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing that he's working with Peyton Manning, but how much did Peyton Manning working with Brock Osweiler, Jim Sorge, et cetera, et cetera, matter? I mean, Peyton Manning doesn't just like touch it, touch Drew Locke and transfer his power. Like, it's not like we're not playing Space Jam here where they're transferring the powers and the, touching the football. So uh, I I don't know I mean it's good for Drew Locke it doesn't hurt but am I putting any weight in it? No,
3: no I should have been born in Missouri because I'm a, I'm a show me don't don't tell me I'm, I'm <laughs> just just show me I don't care uh, we say if, when we're when we're dealing coaches lie so much that they don't call it lying they call it coach speak that's yeah. how much they lie and the last thing you're going to find out about anything is what they say publicly mm-hmm. and when you've got someone who ha- is incentivized like an agent for their client to do well, you know, what's he going to say? You know, uh, he's coming to work with me and he, he's gotten worse. You know, no, they're not going to say that. So, you know, I had a, I once had a dad of a, a recruit tell me one time, you know, why do you have a listed at offensive tackle? I'm like, well, he's six foot five, 260 pounds and, and runs a, runs a five, four. He says, well, his trainer told me he ran a four, eight. So that's pretty legit. Like, you mean the guy that you're paying to make him faster <laughs> is telling you that he's faster than I am. I don't care how fast he is. You might want to listen to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I always have to uh, pay attention to where that stuff comes from because the, the narrative matters, right? The, oh, it's Scott, <laughs> we got Richie rich coming in here saying saying, uh, Scott, are you trying to say there is bias? Really? So it's, it's not even bias. It's, it's who has what to gain. It,
3: you know, it, people yeah. don't, like I said, It the people lie so much when it comes to this stuff that it's, it's, they don't call it lying. It's coach speak. And trainer speak it, it's it's nonsense in advertising we what do we call it puffery puffery is legal we're the best yeah we're the best deal in town you're allowed to do that it's the same thing it's 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 not even uh it's just flat out lying <laughs>
2: yeah i mean you see it with the draft as well like these teams coming out of the draft saying oh we got the number one guy on our board when they were picking 20th overall like no, you did. Every single team walks out with the players that they exactly wanted.
3: Every single guy we wanted. It was amazing. Wow. So did all other 30 teams. That's great. Yeah. You guys are awesome.
2: Yep. It's, uh, you know, you have to be able to understand that a lot of this is keeping fans engaged, keeping fan optimism high. And uh, that's great. But it's a, it states, some of it's state sponsored media, right? Like if you want access, you, you pay to play. And if you uh, step on the wrong toes, you're going to lose access. So uh, you just you just have to keep that in mind. I think Pat McAfee kind of had a little bit about that the other week, talking about the Packers and the uh, the Packers spinning the narrative to start to turn Aaron Rodgers or the fans against Aaron Rodgers. And uh, it's that's that's the game, man. That's the game. If you want access, here's the talking points. Play ball.
3: Yeah. So we're almost thirty minutes in already. I always <laughs> think we didn't have enough to talk about, and we're thirty minutes in, and we're on week four.
2: Week four. So, maybe. Uh,
3: let's let's move on um, to uh, to to Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, you use, you, you've got back-to-back home games with the Jets. That should be a dub. And then October 3rd against Baltimore coming off an 11 and five season. And then you travel to Pittsburgh. I've got L's next to both of those. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty conservative when I do these type of things. Baltimore is really good. And on the road at Pittsburgh is always hard. So after five weeks, uh, I'm sitting at two and three and it starts getting a little edgy. Starts getting a little, what are we doing here? Um, but never fear. Because it gets better, the schedule eases up some. What do you What do you think? What do you got?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, I'm pulling up the schedule now because we don't have a producer, and I'm like, you know what? That'd be a good idea. Just a little um, area for uh, to guide us here. Um, the Broncos do get Baltimore at home. Um, I really talking about man, a lot of good coaches out here. John Harbaugh, another one of the best in the league. Lamar Jackson, he's an interesting case study. I'm curious. I'm really curious to see what happens with his impending contract situation. Um, but this is a good Baltimore team. I know that. a
3: good Baltimore team. Their strength matches up with your weakness. That's that's a bad that's a bad matchup. Baltimore is always good on defense and if you don't know what you're getting out of the quarterback play, then you you're that's the wrong wrong team you want to be facing until you until you can take care of the ball.
2: With that said though, I do think that Vic Fangio can do a good job corralling Lamar Jackson and making him win with his arm while also I don't think that Baltimore pass rush is going to be as dynamic this year. They lost a good bit of people. And uh, see what, that's see what
3: No way does because he's going to yeah. be an athlete in the NFL, just to, at least top five, the minute he puts on a helmet, you know? Yeah. So again, I've said with him, it's like, Oh, scheme, this scheme, that scheme, nothing go yeah. in on third and 10 and go get the guy with the football. That's your only job. You have one job. Uh, yeah. It makes it real easy. So, uh, so we will see,
2: we will, we'll see for sure. Yeah. I think the Broncos do lose this one. I'd have them at uh, two and two at this point. Um, but, uh, I think this game will be closer. I think that, I think obviously we'll see what happens in the first three weeks. And if like Lamar Jackson gets hurt, the narrative changes, but, uh, I think this game, the Broncos will lose, but I would assume them to cover. I think they will be maybe two or three points underdogs. I think they would cover even, at, uh, even at home, they'd be the three point underdog. Then you have Denver going to Pittsburgh. Uh, the team that I, I'll be honest, I don't respect them this year. I think they're a team that is due for massive regression. I think the Broncos are going to go in and beat Pittsburgh.
3: Okay. That um it's never an easy place to play. That's for sure. No, it's not. Um, it's not. You know, some, someone earlier said is the AFC um you know is the AFC West the toughest division? I still go AFC North right now. I mean, they're mm. I, I still think it's it's really the toughest division. So you're sitting three and two. I got two and three. When we open up uh divisional play against the Las Vegas Raiders in the reverse fixture last year, I'll we'll use a little soccer talk. Uh, the Raiders won in Denver 32-31. Does that sound right?
2: That does sound – I think that does sound right, yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I put this one down as a dub. So I, uh, let's ooh. see. You know, how good, are the, how much better are the Raiders going to be? Eh. And the other teams should be definitely – and the Broncos should definitely be better. So we're, we're looking at 3-3 three and three
5: and things are on the upswing. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids paid for by America First Legal.
2: So I would actually have him at uh, four and two here because I haven't beaten the Steelers Mm -hmm. as well. But uh, speaking about um, coming late to the party, uh, it's okay, man. Uh, Sykes coming in uh, with a twenty dollar super over on YouTube. Uh, Sykes, we appreciate you a lot. Uh, Really getting the party didn't start until you walked in, buddy here. Well, thank you. Now it's a party. Yeah, now now we're going i need to get a double a bunch of guys,
3: just a bunch of guys standing around a bunch of us standing around saying what are we going to do till sykes gets here
2: <laughs> and then oh man see the party did start sykes looks you're doing kyle Wielden coming in ten dollar super over on youtube good morning from south dakota great stuff as always well thank you very much kyle um we appreciate this you know we're still in the early phase and we're kind of reaching the the off-season drag coming up here but there's still plenty to talk about obviously and uh you know, showing us the love like this, uh, Chad will remember to set up our streams before we're supposed to go live. So that's always, that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that Raz Chad too hard. Uh, I, I like to give Chad a hard time. He, he's a, he's a great guy though. I and mean, we're both, that's obviously how we are connected here. So I want to give Chad a shout out. I know he's got a lot on his plate with another kid on the way right now and everything going on, but uh, man, he's, he's even part-
3: at that point, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak point, to it. You know, like, like mm-hmm. one child it's, it's exponential at start. There's an exponential curve. Like, Two kids isn't twice as much work as one kid. It's like four times as much. But by the time you get to three and four, that curve's got to flatten out. <laughs> so seven kids is only this much more work than six.
2: <laughs> kind of a sigmoid kind of thing going on here if we're yeah. going to be really so, nerdy. You know, then,
3: and, then, and then they're old enough to start helping you out. You know? Yes. So, so it, should, it should come down just a little bit. But no, that's that's awesome.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, I have the Broncos right now at four and two. Then you have a tough game. Um, with a uh, oh, we got a DBA coming in. The best part of waking up is Broncos in your cup. I really like that. That's a that should be. Did you come up with that? That's you didn't steal that from anywhere. I'm sure. Um, DBA okay. coming in here. Are you that young
3: that you don't know where that's oh, from? I know what it is. Okay,
2: I know what it is. <laughs> um, I do drink local coffee because I'm in Seattle and I'm an absolute pretentious butthole. But yeah, uh, I that's
3: use, I think that's still their slogan. Is it Folgers? I'm not. Yes, It's, it's Folgers.
2: Yeah, so yeah, it's not Maxwell
3: House. The two that have been around for a hundred years. Um, I think they still use it. It's been around for 50
2: years at least. We, we use folders for some stuff. Uh, I got to decide what we're taking uh, backpacking. I got a French press for our coffee, our backcountry stove, because I need my coffee in the morning. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm going to be not fun. Um, so <laughs> had, to, had to figure that out. Um, but uh, back to the schedule here, Broncos at Browns. I think this Browns team is, you were talking about them being due for some regression due to the, that statistic. I agree with you, but I think this roster is, Immaculate. They have the best offensive line in football. Uh, Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. I I think he's another guy who's going to be really interesting to see what happens with um, with that second contract. Um, But I love the offensive line. Best running back combo in the NFL. Good weapons. And that defense, Miles Garrett, probably the best pass rusher in football right now for my money. Uh, He's an absolute alien. There's no other way to put it. And the secondary, the back seven, they invested heavily in it. I really like this Browns roster. I think they're the team that has the best chance to uh, knock out the Chiefs this year. It's either them or the Bills. Uh, unless the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers, then we'll have a different conversation. But uh, that's not that's not reality yet, so let's not pretend it is. Um, so I'm going to go the Browns win this one. I think this the Browns team is a is really really good, and I think Stevan Stefanski is a great a great offensive mind and a very good emerging young coach.
3: Yeah, I uh, I've got the Browns here again. It's a road game. You know, yeah. road games are in the NFL with the parity they're they're flip of the coins half the time. If you're better than that team, and you can. You know, there, there was a comment here. It's like we almost beat Pittsburgh last year with third stringers. So, well, it's a new year and it's on the road. It's halfway across the country. That, that's a big deal. I mean, we can yeah. go in and easily justify why the Broncos can win, maybe should win every single game. It's not going to happen. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here with the with the with the Browns winning this game simply because it's a road game uh, again. But that could be an S. Put an X next to that one. That's a that's a swing game possibly. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, Jeremy makes a good point. You know, that's a short week on a road game. That's four days where one of those days is travel and flying across the country in the high altitude. It, it takes it out of you. You know, how do you, you get someplace after flying for four hours. You're just like, why am I so tired? Um, and then especially, you know, you've got to turn around and play on a short week. So um, I got the Broncos at three and four after seven and panics, not panic, but concerns. The talk shows are starting to starting to kick up a little bit, and you know, is is are we doing the right things here? And what about the quarterback play? Then the schedule eases up considerably, yeah. um, considerably. Um, I, I think the the winning percentage last year has the the uh, the Broncos as tied for the twenty seventh in strength of schedule. Now it starts turning in your favor a little bit, and we got I got a string of wins coming here. And a a lot of them after that, after a three and four start.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I have them at uh, four and three at this point. Um, But then you have the Washington football team coming in here or whatever the heck they're going to be named. The Washington Armada. Home Home game. At home. Um, I can't have the Broncos like winning every home game and losing every away game. I think this Washington team is kind of sneaky. They have a good set of weapons. The offensive line is questionable, but Ryan Fitzpatrick played behind a terrible offensive line in Miami last year. And he did some things. And I think this Washington football team, uh, Broncos go back-to-back weeks here against in what I think could be the top two defenses in the NFL with the uh, the Browns and the Washington football team. Washington football team, best front seven in football. I don't think it's that close. Uh, they've invested so much in that front seven. Uh, they can win with four. They can get pressure with three. Uh, Chase Young entering his second year. I think the Broncos lose this game. First team to 17 points wins. Um, but uh, I think this is a game that uh, Denver does lose and get them at four and four.
3: I, uh, I've got it. I've got this one as a dub for for the same reason I have, uh, you know, some of these close games and, and frankly, I don't trust the Daniel Snyder team at all. No, it's, 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 uh, you know, we talk about the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers effect. Their floor is, is high, you know, they don't really fall too far. Um, but Washington, it's like, who, who wants to be there? You never know. They're they're. It's just a, disaster of a franchise right now. Um, that I I'm, I'm going with the Broncos at home to push the record to four and four. Uh, I want to make sure we said, say hi to, to, to Kyle, um, coming in from South Dakota, uh, dropping a $10 super earlier. I I don't remember if we said hello to him and thank you. Um, before that it came in right on the heels of, of Sykes. Um, and I've been all over the country, uh, a lot of places in the world. I've never been to the Dakotas. That's some place I've got to get to. I've been close. I've been up in Montana, but never to, uh, never to the Dakotas. So that's uh, some place I look forward to getting. I'm a big fan of space
2: and you've got a lot of it up there. They have two national parks too. Um, they got the Mount Rushmore, obviously, and they also got the wind cave or a mammoth cave wind cave, I think. And, uh, pretty close. It's not, <laughs> it's not South Dakota, but driving through South Dakota, you can get there to, uh, Devil's Tower, right on the border of South Dakota and Wyoming, which is pretty cool. And I think I think South Dakota has the Corn Palace. It's either that or Minnesota. i made that drive before. We made that drive when we were coming out here to Seattle.
3: Wyoming. I, I apologize. I've been to Wyoming, not Montana. Jackson Hole. I've been to Jackson Hole, uh, Wyoming, not into Montana. Yeah, so, I need to get out to Montana. Places, all those places. When you're talking about single-digit people per square mile, my kind of place. Saw a joke that said, you know, when you know, you uh, know, you're no anti-social or that when would they go on to uh you know when there's a pandemic and you you
2: didn't notice, <laughs> I'm like yeah. yeah, that's me. Here we go. Absolutely, that's a good call. Oh, and we got Buana in the house. Buana joining us this morning. Hope you're doing well, John. Love you, buddy. And uh, hopefully everything's going well. Everybody send Buana some good vibes. Bob Skinner coming in here saying good morning as well. Oh, and uh, the Badlands too. We drove we drove through it when we were uh, coming here to Seattle, and uh, we had a giant buffalo uh, sit in the road for about thirty minutes and cause a massive back backlog. Nice. But at that point, you know, it's just like, that's cool. You can do whatever you want. national Enjoy that. This is your home. So
3: by uh, myself, we're both four and four after eight <laughs> weeks. Is that right?
2: That is correct. Yes. So now we got the Broncos going to Dallas. Um, I think this Dallas team has a chance to have one of the more fun offenses. The offensive line is regressing. Uh, Tyron Smith is kind of sad. Um, if he does bounce back, that'd be great, but it does seem like he, the injuries have caught up to him a uh, hall of fame career, but uh, kind of limping out at the end. So the offensive line is regressing, but they have great weapons. Um, Dak Prescott is a top 10, top eight quarterback in my book. Um, it's, you know, if he puts up 40 points a game and the defense gives up 50, it's not his fault. Um, but that's the big reason I think this Dallas teams loses. I don't respect this defense one iota. Um, I think the cover threes, the Seattle cover three scheme is a, uh, you know, it's talk about how quite quickly football scheme changes. Um, it's kind of going out the door, right? The cover four match quarters is now the in vogue cover three is getting old. Uh, Dan Quinn out there. I think it's Dan Quinn or it's Gus yeah,
3: Bradley. It's, it, the, the Falcons. He was a uh, he was the Seattle defensive coordinator when the Falcons hired him away. The Falcons fired him in the middle of last year, one year too late.
2: Yeah, and he's now the defensive coordinator over at uh, over with the Cowboys. I get uh, Dan Quinn and Gus Bradley confused all the time. Both those cover three Seattle guys from uh, the from the. Um, uh,
3: I've got this one as a, a W for uh, at Dallas, a road win. Um, they're a six and ten. I think they've got too much, and, and they, they made a change to be fair. They made a change. Um, and and, and we'll see how Keanu Neal, uh, free agency signing, who was a terrific safety with the Falcons and is going to play outside linebacker, coming in. And then Micah Parsons, he, they so they addressed they've, they've addressed some of their weaknesses because I, I felt like they had too many too much tied into their offense, yeah. And that, that was uh, that was a little bit of their downfall. But I think I think this is a game. That Dallas uh, Dallas can win coming off a, a long home. They'll be home basically from October 21st after that Cleveland game until they have to go back on the road November 7th. So yeah. they they should be you know they should be starting to click a little bit, a little bit of momentum. Five and four, uh, two wins in a row over the week. The only reason they have any wins in the in the NFC NFC Central Central is that right mm-hmm. NFC East. It's because they're playing each other. It's about the only reason mm-hmm. the only teams they beat was beating each other. So um this is a division on the demise and that puts us at five and four with philly coming home what did i just say about the nfc east three wins in a row you get healthy against the nfc east six and four denver broncos get fat by week
2: get fat and thomas gonna be at that game thomas k james november 14th will be there denver broncos for life well have fun thomas that'll be a good game um i always i always liked the eagles i would always like Back in the day, I'd play as the Eagles or the Falcons on Madden. Don McNabb or Michael Vick have a good time. I'd switch to those Kelly green jerseys. I wish they'd go back to those. Those are so much more fun than the midnight green, whatever they're using right now. But uh, see, I think I'm this so is a Bronco win. I'm so
3: old, I use the Chiefs with Barry Ward and Christian Okoye.
2: Mm. Like 92, 92 Madden. Oh, man. See, uh, the Christian Okoye <laughs> is fantastic because uh, Steve At- – I'll never forget that Steve Atwater hit. I didn't see it live, but uh, that's something you can't hit. I think the the sounds of that are still reverberating around the globe to this day.
3: I remember watching uh, the Chiefs play the Raiders when Ronnie Lott was there, and they were, just, they were just alternating these guys, and they were just running through the front seven, and Ronnie Lott had to make every hit. And I don't remember who was commentating at the time, but I remember the word diabolical when they were talking about what the Chiefs were doing to Ronnie Lott. Uh, there were a couple, of, a couple of strong men. So coming to bye week, and then it starts getting serious with a little more divisional play, and the Chargers coming to town. Uh what's interesting about the Chargers if you look at their schedule there's a legitimate chance that they could go over a long time they could really go over for a long time um if you want to bring up their schedule I can start I reading a little bit but on the road at Washington that's no gimme coming to Dallas Dallas is you know I'll contradict myself a little bit but Dallas, you don't know what you're going to get there for sure. If they've improved, they could definitely win on the road. Then you're at Kansas City. Then there's a divisional game, which are can be toss-ups with Las Vegas. Then Cleveland's a really good team. At Baltimore. And then New England's coming in. And then you're on the road again. I mean, it's this season could end for the Chargers before it really even gets started. So w- how they navigate... The early part of this schedule could really dictate how this game goes. You're going to know what you've got with the Chargers. Either they're, they're packing it up and, and looking for next season, or they survived it and they still have a chance. It's going to be, again, there's a they could be they could be a two and five, two and six team coming into this game, and they're they're thinking about next year already. So I've got this one as a win also against the Chargers, which pushes the Broncos to seven and four.
2: Yeah, I think the Broncos are going to win this one as well. Last year was the crazy comeback win um, where Broncos probably shouldn't have won that game, but they did. And uh, Ophir coming in here with the joke saying, uh, you saying the Chargers are going to go Ophir? They're going to go my name, Scott? So uh, <laughs> good catch there. Um, he heard his name, his ears perked up. Um, and Trevor coming in saying, uh, we can't give them any help. That's correct. And the Reese, some optimism coming in saying, we are going to the playoffs this year. So uh, yeah, I think the Broncos are going to win this one. Um, Broncos at Kansas City, though. Um, I was at that Broncos-Kansas City game two years ago where I just dumped snow and, uh, my sister lives in Kansas city. She's a Packer fan. So she, I'm giving her a lot of grief right now. Her and her fiance. Uh, but, uh, going to Kansas city games, love going to Arrowhead. Um, fun place to tailgate, good, good barbecue, but man, I'm getting so tired of losing to the gosh darn chiefs. The Broncos have not beaten the Kansas city Chiefs since week two, 2015. And that game, they, the fact they won, it was a gift from, uh, Jamal Charles who fumbled that ball and uh, Bradley Roby scooped it up and, uh, scored. So, uh, it's time. I, I think the Broncos might be able to beat the Chiefs here in that streak, but uh, not happening this week. So the Broncos, I have them losing this game and uh, going to seven and five.
3: That's where I am too, seven and five. Um, yep. You know, it's just, it's just, it's a long shot to say you're going to go on the road and beat a fourteen and two team that's playing in Super Bowls, coming off of a five and eleven season. You know, yep. that's it's going to be tough. It's it's going to be tough. It's not impossible, obviously. Anything can happen. I think the team that gave the Chiefs the biggest trouble down the stretch was a, a Falcons team just running out of ground ball, um, you know, who, who had lost a bunch in a row. So I'm sitting at seven and five, two. Um, but now Detroit at home, Cincinnati at home. So now you're getting into an easier part of the schedule. Detroit was five and 11 last year. Uh, should be better this year, but there's no guarantees. Uh, oh, yeah. you, you're losing, you are losing Matthew Stafford. But when you're five and 11, what good your quarterback anyway, you need more pieces there. Um, and then Cincinnati coming in. So I got back-to-back wins, which pushes, pushes to nine and five. I told you when you're sitting at three and four, don't panic. Don't panic. The early part of the schedule is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It, it it eases up a little bit later.
2: Yeah. I'm going to have them actually lose into the Bengals here. I think the Broncos are better than the Bengals, but you have the three divisional games after that. I think after beating the lions, uh, the Broncos will be feeling themselves a little bit starting to maybe look ahead to the Raiders team that, uh, they had uh, beaten before, so I think the Broncos are going to end up losing this Bengal game. It just there's always a game that they they win that they shouldn't, and they lose that they shouldn't. I think this Bengals game is. I'm going to use that as the one. You know, it's kind of like when you're filling out your bracket, and like, oh, I need a 14 seed to beat a three seed. Which one am I going to pick? Here we go. The Broncos losing to the Bengals in this one.
3: Well, and and maybe I'm uh maybe getting here. I, Maybe I start getting excited, writing all these W's in a little bit because you know I agree with you. When we're going to, uh, I'm at nine and five, going to Las Vegas, but. I don't know. I just feel like they're a powder keg ready to explode. So either it wouldn't surprise me completely if the Raiders went 14 and two, and it wouldn't surprise me if they went two and 14, you know, there it's just, there's so much negative energy around them that if they can, if they can get it and in the right direction and get an us against the world Raider mentality, then it could go. Okay. But, you know, coming off all the criticism of the draft, the players start to doubt a little bit. And once that happens, you're sunk. So I've got another win here at Las Vegas, and then going to the Chargers, finishing up. Like I said, the Chargers could be done in week seven. They could be done. Yeah, They they could be tanking this one. Um, I'm not counting on it, but I I think close games last year. This was 19 to 16 last year. The Chargers aren't that great, and they could be done for the season that I got 11 and 5 going into the last week. So what's that? Uh, one, two, three, four, eight out of nine, eight out of nine wins. Now that's really optimistic, but even if you call it seven of nine, you're sitting at 10 and six.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think the Broncos are going to, it's unfortunate, but I think they're going to get a little bit cold here at the end. I have them losing, uh, at Raiders at chargers, the chargers might not be playing for much but pride at that point, but, uh, going on the road, it's, it's never easy, even though that is a, um, a stadium that does not get packed up on here. Um, And I think the Broncos right now, as they're currently constructed, maybe wilting a little bit
5: here down the stretch. um, Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities and bodies. Joe Biden and his left wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
2: Losing these three games in a row, Bengals, uh, Raiders, Chargers. But I have the Broncos losing. It's just, I'm trying to work out the math here, guys. I have the, the Broncos losing to the Raiders and Chargers, but that's because they come home week 18. God, that feels so weird to say. Beating the Chiefs at home, uh, ending that streak. So uh, even though, you know, obviously you guys can be upset with me predicting the Broncos losing to the Raiders and the Chargers there. I do have them beating the chiefs. I think they could win. Gosh, I'm putting in these last three games, 1.5 over and under could go two and one, could go one and two. If I had to pick one team to beat out of these guys, though, it's the home game, closing out the season, uh, beating the chiefs, ending that streak and, uh, maybe hopefully knocking the chiefs out of that, that one seed. If they are uh, that team, I mean, as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, uh, they're going to be probably the favorite in the AFC. Um, just as it's currently constructed, it sucks, but, uh, that's reality. I mean, they had to face it for years with uh, John Elway in Denver, so turnabout's fair play, I guess. But uh, that's just reality. When you have the best or a top three quarterback in the NFL, um, you're going to be good every single year.
3: And, and Malcolm has the point right here um, where he's talking about what I was going to say. Is you, you don't know. I've got it as a loss, but I'm thinking that as, as straight up. Yeah. And if they're playing for the number one seed or to get into the playoffs because they, they fell back a little bit, you, you don't know what Chiefs team you could be getting. In week eighteen, uh, you know they don't. It's a rivalry, so you're going to get their bet, their best effort, but you might not be getting four quarters of all their best players. Yeah. So I've got this one down as an L uh, at home to the Chiefs to close out an eleven and six regular season. Is that optimistic? Man. Probably a little bit. Probably <laughs> a little bit, but um, yeah. you know I don't think. Nine, I have to do the math now. You know, nine and eight is is out of the question, and That's I, what I have think twelve and five is out of the question. So um, should be a winning year is basically what we're looking at. Now, are there any games that you've penciled on the schedule or um, you know that that you're looking forward to, regardless of of you know Broncos fan? Is there anything? And, and I want to ask y'all out there based on the draft or anything that you're interested in from fantasy? You know what games are you looking forward to? Because you know, week one for me, I'm looking forward to the Jets and Panthers. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's a couple of bad teams with a new quarterback traded away. So obviously that one that one sticks out right away. And then uh, you know, Tampa and the Patriots in week four. You know, Tom Brady going back to New England. Obviously, that one's going to be a little interesting. Week two for me, Chiefs and Ravens. You know, could be an early indication of uh, you know that's a that's a couple of heavyweights going at it early. So uh, how about you? What are you looking forward to?
2: Well, I always really, really like to tune in to the heavyweight fights, obviously, but divisional rival rivalry games because there is history there. There's bad blood. The fact that you have to play these teams twice to kind of get some personal animosity to each other. And I like to watch these teams go up against each other. So I am really excited for both games this year when it is the uh, the Browns versus the Ravens, two teams that are blue collar. Uh, you know, it's going to be a fist fight, not to be too cliche, but I think this is, that's going to be a heavy hitting fight. I'm really excited to watch that. And also, I'm really excited to watch what the uh, the Bills versus the Patriots this year. Um, Cam Newton last year was playing exceptional football until he caught the uh, the virus that circulated, and then the Patriots just kind of fell apart. But the Patriots had last year had so many people opt out of the season. Um, they spent a crud load of money in free agency to kind of get a uh, instant offense, so to speak. Um, and I think the Patriots have a chance to uh, maybe retake the AFC East. But the Bills, I mean, ascending team. I love uh, Bean and McDermott, Josh Allen, one of the top seven six quarterbacks in the nfl right now he, you could see him regress some but uh he's really talented so i'm really excited for bill's patriots and uh browns versus ravens this year i think those are the games that i'm gonna no matter what i'm gonna be tuning into those football games
3: uh, one more for me that i'm interested in is 49ers and bears because if i was sitting in that 49ers pick i probably would have taken justin fields mm-hmm. and justin fields is gonna think that they probably should have taken him too so uh, I, I think justin fields has a better chance of winning the starting position earlier than than, uh, than Trey Lance. So I was looking up that 49ers. I'm like, all right, who passed on these guys? And it's interesting to me that, you know, we talked about the Patriots and Cam Newton, and, and I agree with you. It's the most pro-ready quarterback in Mac Jones, probably the least likely to start this season.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> might might be the least likely. So, because, you know, I, I didn't necessarily agree with the pro-ready stuff. You know, Trevor yeah. Lawrence wasn't be available, but available um, for them, but, you know, Mac Jones... Is he, is he the most pro ready says, you know, you know why I can, I can point to Justin Fields for the same reason. And Zach Wilson certainly has more tools. He hasn't faced the same speed, but by week 18, you know, as we, as we move through this, it'll be a good time to get those rookie quarterbacks that we said for the, for the Broncos, but I'm interested in watching. uh, I'm I'm really interested in watching Justin Fields. I think a lot of Broncos fans will be too, as a a player that I know a lot of Broncos fans thought this, this should be our guy of the future. So I, I think they'll, we'll be keeping an eye. Uh, this show will be keeping an eye a lot on Justin Fields just to see how he develops.
2: Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. It's kind of like the Broncos with uh, Josh Allen, unfortunately. Bradley Chubb, he's a phenomenal player, and any franchise would be happy to have him. But you can't look at pick number seven, two picks later, Josh Allen, and be like, man, would have rather had that guy. If we could redo it, rather have the quarterback because that's that's the name of the game at the end. Yeah, it's team game. But the quarterback is the the main ingredient, right? It's like trying to bake a cake without flour.
3: Yeah, when you when you get a a, a Pro Bowl type of talent on defense, so you can't really complain. I always go back to uh, yeah to what was it the eighty two draft? You know, are Houston the Houston Rockets really going to be upset that they passed on Michael Jordan when they drafted Akeem Olajuwon? No, you know, no. It's Akeem Olajuwon, one of the most underrated players of all time. Now, the guys at number two. Was that, was, was that, that wasn't the Denver Nuggets, was it? Or was it, or was it Utah that took like Sam? Wasn't I don't really remember Port- his name. Wasn't it Portland? I don't remember who it was now that I've forgotten. But I thought it was Portland. It might've been. You can look it up real quick, but you're, you're not upset when you hit, you know, yeah, you probably could have gotten, but you know, we got Bradley Chubb, you know, it's like, yeah, well, it would have been nice to have Michael Jordan, but we got Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah, it was Portland. The they took guy?
2: Sam Bowie. Sam yeah, Bowie. Sam to the Bowie show, Boise. Yep.
3: Portland. It's uh, the there's a saying and I want you all to remember this that the coaches use. It's not the guys you miss that kill you. It's the guys you take that can't play. Damn. Those are the ones that kill you. So, you got a good player. So, you didn't you didn't miss. You're not going you're not in, the, in trouble because you missed on Josh Allen because you got a guy that could play. It's when you take guys that can't play. That that's what'll end
2: you. I agree with you to an extent, but I do want to push back a little bit because that's better content. No, but um, that's uh, a <laughs> this isn't first take out here with Skip Bales and Stephen A. But uh, you always have to be there at some point where, like Patrick Sertan, no doubt higher floor, a safer pick to t- to hit. But at some point, you have to take the swing, mm-hmm. right? You can't you can't every single year be like, oh, I'm afraid that this quarterback knowing the probability of them hitting that uh, if I miss on this one, then I'm going to be out. Okay, that's fine, but you still have to find that guy, and at some point, you have to take the calculated risk to find the quarterback understanding that the probability says that like, okay, Sertan much more likely to hit, but the pay it's the payoff, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if I hit the quarterback, the payoff is exponentially different. Yeah, so so well. at some point you have to look at, look in the mirror and say, you know, like I, Sertan would be great. How much is he going to move the needle versus him hitting versus the quarterback? And that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. You can't, you cannot be afraid to take the swing. You know, the, if, if you're doing that, you're going to miss out and you can't, and then what are you going to do? Like if you don't have a quarterback, Good luck. Like your 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 margin for error to win the Super Bowl when you don't have a quarterback, razor thing. You have to have everything bounce your way, and uh, it's just it's just too hard. It's just too hard.
3: No, I I you you know what I've been saying about a similar situation with a generational talent at four. So I agree with you. You know I, I yeah. said the Falcons should have taken should have taken Justin Fields at four because their yeah. quarterback's thirty six years old. It's thirty six years old. I agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. but if Kyle Pitts ends up being a Hall of Famer, I'm not going to say oh, we missed on that guy. Um, you know, that that's all I'm saying is you, you gotta be happy with the guy you took um, that, you know, Bradley Chubb. I'm not, I'm not going to worry too much about, yeah. about missing on about drafting Bradley Chubb. That's all I'm saying, especially on defense yeah. where one, one guy can end the play, you know, on yeah. offense, you can take a guy out of the game. Uh, you put a quarterback on his butt the plays over period. Um, but you can, you can take receivers out of the game by getting pressure on the, on the quarterback. But, I asked a player one time, "So why do you like playing defense?" He goes, "Because I can end the play. That's why." He's like, "I control. I, I control the outcome. I like playing defense because I control
2: the play. And that makes sense to me." Yeah, you know, it's 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 so much different. It's so much different on offense. Yeah, and I will just add context to it. You know, they didn't take the quarterback. Okay, that's in hindsight, unfortunately, Josh Allen. But at least they used it on the second most valuable position in football, and a guy who's a Pro Bowler and an ascending talent. Where I mean. Historically speaking, and I know the Broncos fans are gonna maybe push back a little bit about this, but take a take a step back and look at the wider landscape of the league. Edge rushers essentially a first round or bust position, right? There's just not enough guys with the uh the body type, the athleticism, whatnot, and the NFL is very good at identifying the haves and the have nots at edge rusher. Um, so uh Bradley Chubb taking him there, thank God. Like, at least I didn't take like as good as he is, Saquon Barkley at five. I'm sorry. Like, are you taking a running back in the top five? Are you serious? Even like And in hindsight, it would have worked out fine. But I was pretty big advocate of uh, not taking Quentin Nelson at five because the margin for error for Quentin Nelson at five, like the length that he had to hit to be worth a top five pick as an interior offensive lineman. In my book, he would have been a bust if he doesn't end up in Canton. And it looks like he's he's on that way. But like as a prospect to have that be the the margin for error to to have him reach, that's just that's so risky. That's Mm -hmm. so risky for a top five pick. So Quentin Nelson, great player. um, But uh, you can find guards day two every single year you can develop guards um and offensive line too it's it's much more about the the overall effect of the five guys rather than one I mean t- I, everybody in here watched that Cleveland Browns team with Joe Thomas the best offense tackle of that decade and did because the rest of the team wasn't good enough um so I mean Quentin Nelson great player but uh, I I think I would have taken Bradley Chubb and I don't regret that saying in hindsight and everybody's like oh well would, would you take him in hindsight now Let's see what these guys get paid. I'm really curious oh. to see who gets paid more, Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson.
3: It's ironic about that draft because this that was long enough ago that the quarter the running back position had been totally devalued, but I said that yeah. Calvin should have been the number one pick, and Adrian Peterson should have been number two. Adrian Peterson, you know, you say, Oh, you're gonna take a running back at number two? Well, Adrian Peterson was different. You know, yeah. there hasn't been another one um since Adrian Peterson. Um the closest I saw was, you know, was uh Leonard Fournette. Um, coming out, Leonard Fournette's the best, the best running back that I scouted personally in 20 years. Um, Adrian Peterson was coming in just before, right as I was getting into the business, so I don't want to count him. That's like cheating. Um, yeah. But Leonard Fournette, we had him the number one overall player going into college because it's a different game in college. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a three year at best, um, and and the running back can make such a big difference. But um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that draft because I'm like Calvin Johnson should have been the number one overall pick in that draft.
2: Yeah but there's some positional value for that uh, wide receiver position in comparison to running back. And uh, we got to get out of here pretty soon, but uh, I do think it's an interesting conversation here. Just poking at it real quick. You said that you were very high on Leonard uh, Leonard Fournette coming out. Obviously we've seen how that played out and the Jags taking a running back at number four overall in the draft that had Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Mm -hmm. What are we doing here? Marshawn Lattimore too. another would have been another better pick there for them. Um, Adrian Peterson obviously drafted in the 2004 draft.
3: He was, he was in that 2006? same draft when, when Calvin came out. So he, Calvin Johnson was class of both three, I believe. So three years, five, six, probably six, probably
2: 2006.
3: Uh, would be 2007
2: close. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So 2007. Yep. That's uh, Adrian Peterson. Obviously great in 2007. Games changed a lot. Adrian Peterson today is he as good as he was in that era, the shotgun era? Now the running backs need to be able to catch the ball well, more.
3: But you know, it's you different. got you know Adrian Peterson played some last year. You got twelve yeah. years out of Adrian Peterson, and, and and six where he's one of the best players in football. That's that's worth it. Adrian Peterson definitely was not a miss. I think I think you would have been better off with Adrian Peterson than than, than Joe Thomas. Yeah. Um. You know, because you know, just even the Pied Piper effect. You know, people wanted to play with Adrian Peterson. People wanted to watch Adrian Peterson. Um, Joe Thomas was great, and and but I think he's more famous now as a media personality than he was as a left yeah. tackle for the Browns.
2: Yeah, I know. And uh Jason coming in here saying Quentin Nelson is worth every penny he gets better than Daniel Jones at six. And that's that's absolutely correct. And I agree with that right now. Um, but the thing is we didn't know Quentin Nelson would be nobody could know, right? Like Trevor Lawrence could bust for all sake. Everybody's gonna say, Oh, we knew he'd be this good. You don't know until you know, until you're in the NFL. You have a good idea. And that's why those guys are going earlier, right? It's not just like drawing names from a hat. You have that whole evaluation process, but still, um, taking it into your offensive lineman, not only in the top ten, but in the top five. Oh, um,
5: it's,
3: it's it's tough because six two to six four guys grow on trees. Yes, they're everywhere. Yep. Um, you know, when you're so when you're talking about trying to find the athleticism and you know, they're 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 everywhere. Um, oh. it sounds crazy, but you know, six four three hundred and twenty
2: pounds isn't very rare yeah. <laughs> for this for this level. Yeah, no, we got Saquad's Barkley coming here last year. We slapped a lot of teams even without Saquon, and uh, what does that say about Saquon Barkley? Or the, and that's not that Saquon isn't good. It's just that the running back position is uh, is devalued. And I do want to say, like, I absolutely loved uh, Saquon Barkley coming out. I was at the Penn State Iowa game, and um, when Saquon's junior year, and I have I've never seen a player take over a game like Saquon Barkley did in that game. I don't think he had a run over. Nick, I'm sorry, Nick, to interrupt, okay. but I mean, just I,
3: I have to. You, you Nick, have to. It's okay. Every rule in the last 10 years has favored the passing game. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Every single one. So, yeah, I mean, the league has devalued everything other than, you know, the, the guys who can get after them. And you're not allowed to, you're not even allowed to cover. They're going to call it pass interference. You hit too hard, they're going to call it targeting. Um, you go low, too late on the quarterback, you're going to throw you out of the game. So it's. Yeah. Everything has is the, the league. It's not like people have figured. Oh, you can get running backs easier. They, no, the the league has devalued the position because they've every single every single rule has benefited the the, the passing game. It's more exciting, more points. People want to see. We got to protect our quarterbacks. Um, you know, gotta I love that power life. running game defense.
2: Love it. Um, yep. it's, it's it's harder to do these days for sure. But uh, chicks dig. Touchdowns, the long pass. So uh, that's just kind of where the game is going right now. Uh, f- blame fantasy football. Blame the viewers. Blame red zone. The the NFL Network the red well, that's zone. Right.
3: Fine. I, 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 if you're going to do that, I still like the tight end and the fullback. You know, oh, watching, yeah. Watching the 260 pound tight end running roughshod through a secondary of guys weighing 200 pounds is fun. it's fun. Uh, yeah. It's a little. It's a little uh, sadistic.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you fun. can. It's fun. Hey, I'm I'm with you 100. percent One of my favorite offenses. Ever and this is probably because I'm a Hawkeye fan, but uh, that 2012 Patriots team where they ran out of 12 personnel like crazy, and uh, if you can get linebackers on the field and have to have them cover space in the pass game, good freaking luck, right? Like that's well, it's just so hard to do. And so, I was
3: biased uh, earlier with the the 49ers dynasties in the 80s, um, two two good good-sized running backs, two good receivers, big tight end, and and one yeah. of the running backs was Tom Rathman, um, you know, as a fullback. And then you throw in Wendell Tyler and Roger Craig behind him, and then you go to the 90s. And they were running the same offense. Daryl Johnson, the moose at fullback. It uh, wasn't Novacek at the time. I can't remember who the, the, yeah. um, the, the big tight end was for, um, for the Cowboys. But they had one, two, running in I formation. Alvin Harper, Michael Irvin, two giant receivers. Good running game, good quarterback, good defense. And they won about 10 Super Bowls between them. All of a sudden, the tight end and the fullbacks aren't any good anymore. Well, thank you. If we can thank the Patriots for anything, it's, it's bringing back the tight end. So
2: that's about the only thing I'm going to thank them for. University of Iowa tight end you baby let's go not nah. <laughs> um but uh I'm from South this- Miami come on yeah, now has been has been Brevin Jordan didn't do much uh you know Greg Olson's Olson, been retired Stockton. for a bit Jimmy Gra- yeah, th- Winslow the 90s oh, I don't want to talk Colin Winslow he's <laughs> that's uh yeah yeah I'd go
3: uh Greg Olson was he Miami Cause I was thinking, cause I was thinking, uh, Jimmy Graham, he was, he was Miami, you know, yep. come
2: on now. basketball, Jimmy Graham basketball. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we got to say, uh, squads Barkley here. I just want to get on this comment here, more general football. Then we got to get out of here. Um, give Daniel Jones one more year. If he struggles again, yeah, he has to go as uh Buana says, right. Here. Oh, he said somewhere. He says, yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, which yes, it does. It sounds like a lot of, uh, what the Broncos fans have been saying. However, I will give hats off to a, uh, Dave Gettleman here. He did something that uh, George Payton did not do, took that trade back, accumulated assets in 2022. So the Giants are actually in a position where if uh, Daniel Jones is not the guy, they can be aggressive next year, go get the guy. Two first round picks in your back pocket, whether it be going out and getting a free, or uh, trading for a veteran quarterback, or going out and being aggressive to move up for a quarterback, you have the capital. You've bought in. You the, the the high table buy-in for that high-stakes poker game, which is acquiring a quiet quarterback. Um they put themselves in a good position there. The Broncos did not. Patrick Sertan will have to be great. That's fine. Um, but uh and we got Peter coming in here. Nick, can't read my stars question. If not, it's time. If not this time on Tuesday would be nice. Peter, uh, drop it in right here. I don't is gonna have to show me what's up here because I am not sure exactly how to get to the stars from the stream yard side of things. So if you drop it in right here, that'd be great. But uh thank you very much for the stars. We appreciate it. Um it's just trying to figure out uh, how this works out. <laughs> yeah, I'm scrolling up and I found uh, the one that
3: says we got the best defender on the board. If he becomes another champ Bailey, then nobody will say anything though. Well, like, yeah, that's, that's for sure. J- champ Bailey was special. So yeah, um, yeah we'll get, but we'll get back to that one. I don't, I don't see it either, but uh, apologies.
2: Yeah, I don't, um honest to God. I do not understand how the, uh, the stars work. So uh, Peter, if you will, I'm waiting for you to drop it in the comments here just like you do normally. Um, If not, that is okay. You can uh, at me on Twitter or send it to uh, Bawana and we can get it up here soon. But um, I guess I'm going to start doing the readout because I got to get going. But if you drop it in the comment section here, Peter, um, then we will 100% get to it because we obviously appreciate our friends over there in Turkey. Um, But that's going to do it for Broncos for Breakfast this morning, guys. We appreciate the heck out of you. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next Tuesday. And I'm going to need you guys to bring the energy and maybe send some coffee my way because I will be coming back from, uh, 13 miles hiking out of, uh, the center of the Olympic national forest. And then after that or national park, um, and then after that a four hour drive back to Seattle. So I am going to be running on fumes, but uh, nothing wakes me up like Broncos for breakfast. Hopefully you guys are enjoying that as well. You can follow Scott and myself on Twitter at Nick Kendall, M H H and at Scott Kennedy. And, uh, Peter says, let's do it on Tuesday. Peter, I don't know if you're on Twitter or anything, but make sure that you, uh, you get it to us so that way we know where where it is. So that way I can just pull it up instantly. Um, so send it to us before then so that way I have it in my back pocket. Oh, and he says, uh, Boana, the producer, the man, the stars are hard to see with a comment. They don't appear. Well, no wonder I don't find them. So uh, I I don't fully get it, but uh, that's okay. Um, everybody's saying enjoy the hike, man. Uh, have a good day. Well, we appreciate that. Also, guys, still got to do the reads out of here. Follow us at Mile High Huddle. Uh, follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Um, number one thing you guys can do to support us. Number one thing, if you're enjoying the content here, please go to our YouTube page, subscribe, like, and share. It helps us get to new listeners. It helps us uh, broaden the brand and to get more people out there. And that goes the same also for Scott's page as well. Um, if you guys go to YouTube and fi- follow Scott, subscribe to Scott's channel. He is trying to get to those 1,000 subscribers. I think he's got to be getting close. But the, every every single like, every single subscription inches, inches us that much closer. I'm going to drop the auto sub in the chat. If you click that link, that'll take you to it as well. Um, also, guys, we want to give a shout-out to all of our supers today. Uh, Kyler Wieldon. We got Sykes. We got Malcolm Brown in the house. We got Mike556 and uh, Peter with the, the hey, stars. Peter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Peter as well with the stars. So appreciate all you guys for uh, helping us, uh, keep this going, right? Like this, (laughs) we're doing this for fun. It's a lot of good time to talk football here, but it does not hurt to, to get that help there with the, the super chats and everything. And, uh, Chad bottom, bottom line, Chad, um, you, you want to make sure that, uh, He's seeing the love for us as well so that we can keep this going. But, uh, Scott, what do you got plans for us today? Are you going to go join your neighbors with the uh, cacophony of chainsaws and whatnot uh, going on out there?
3: We'll see. It, it was cold. It was in the 40s here this morning. Mm. You're more likely to have 90s in May than 40s. So uh, I might – might got baseball practice a little bit later. Might might, might watch a little Manchester United-Liverpool this afternoon and then uh, get ready for a, a baseball tournament weekend and then ready for, for Broncos for breakfast next week.
2: Well, man, that's – uh. That'll be great. Hopefully we'll have some more Broncos news. We didn't even get to the Bobby Massey stuff, um, but uh, is what it is also. And making a good point here. Uh, great show guys smash the like button on your way out. We're at 29. That 29 just does not, at least on my end does not sit right. So we got to get to that trail Davis 30, right? That three zero just looks that much better. Although I do like 29 in baseball, Chris Carpenter, probably my favorite baseball player uh, ever. Um, I always love a good pitching battle. A guy who can go out there and do that stuff, but uh, appreciate all you guys um, stay safe. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, we will see you all next Tuesday at 8 o'clock Mountain Time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast.
5: Stay safe. Love y'all. Go Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.